0: Welcome into the Balls Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Parker, and uh, owner of the Tisburg Feelers and commissioner of the league. Joined by me is my co-host, Taylor T. Daddy Payne Mathis. Uh, Taylor, how you feeling?
1: Feeling great, man. This is the best time of the year. We got college football. We got fantasy football. NFL football's back on. Could not be a better time to be uh, alive and just ready for some football overall, man. I'm, I'm just stoked. Uh, even though I'm not playing in this league, and I, I'm in two other leagues in my office, um,
0: just glad to be here. This is a great league. Yeah, is this is a year seven, season seven coming up? We've been having this league since 2016. Um, never had a repeat winner, so still got that going. Hopefully, on the re, the first repeat winner this year. Um, a lot of big rivalries too in this league. You know what I mean? Whether whether people want to admit it or not, I mean, there's some spicy stuff going on here. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, so we just drafted this Tuesday, so let's talk about the draft. Um, Who do you think had the best draft?
1: Well, looking at everyone's draft, and I'm not biased towards Savannah or Atlanta, um, just looking at everything, uh, if I had to pick three people to be a championship contender right now, uh, in no particular order, I'm going Team Taco uh, with Nick Topper and Gary Topper. Uh, I'm going Sutton as well. He drafted really strong. And, And Kicklighter. Uh, Kicklider drafted very well
0: uh, as well.
1: So yeah. those three guys right now probably have some of the strongest rosters.
0: Yeah. Obviously, I'm biased and I won't say I had the best draft, but um, looking at them, yeah, I, I agree. I think Kit Clatter had a very strong draft.
1: Very, very strong draft.
0: So, uh, um, going into it, who do you think had the worst draft? Man, the most
1: interesting one that I looked at and maybe it's because he's made the playoffs every year. So he doesn't – to to him, it doesn't really matter who he drafts. He knows he's going to make the playoffs. But uh, Kyle Schreer did not take a running back until the eighth round. Uh, Basically, all wide receivers. Um, He probably knows something that we all don't know. um, But I just thought it was really bold. And I think in this league this year, you got to at least minimum have a Tier 4, Tier 3 running back. Antonio Gibson's great, uh, but – Also, the Washington Commanders are playing one of the toughest season schedules this year. I think they're number four or three in the league. Uh, And you got the Red Rocket at quarterback. Red Rocket. There's no telling what he's going to do. And this is his last stop. If he does not do anything this year, uh, we could say goodbye to the Carson Wentz era forever.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, We also... uh Kyle's, Kyle's been like a, one of those staples in our league. He has the best um, regular season record at 49 and 29, and he's been in the playoffs a year, um, six years in a row. So he knows What's that? that we don't, but. What's that right? same
1: thing about him? We talked about this on Wednesday when we were
0: like looking at the
1: reviews and stuff. What's, What's the thing you said about him?
0: There's only three guarantees in life, and his death taxes and Kyle Shear making the playoffs.
1: There you go, baby. He's like
0: Bill Belichick of this league. Yeah, but going into it, um, also the uh, IBM projections have – they agree with you. They have Kyle as the worst projected team.
1: Which, you know, then again, I mean, he probably drafted a lot lot of wide receivers for some trade leverage. Um, Right now, season – like the first two games, uh, they definitely set the momentum, uh, and you kind of see where you're at. But the good thing is, if he goes 0-2 for the first two games, which it'll kill the momentum a little bit, but he still has time – because when players get injured midway through the season, he could definitely make some trades. The IBM can be totally biased at times. Uh, I was last year where I was predicted 30% to make the playoffs by IBM, won the championship and stuff. Um, but I don't know. Uh, like I said, he probably knows something that we don't. I mean, for someone to make the playoffs
0: six years in a row,
1: I mean, that's pretty damn impressive.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the IBM uh, projections are bullshit because they also have Sovacool being the number one projected team at the end of the year. Hey, that's a guy I put in the honorable mentions as a strong draft class. Uh, Just to
1: highlight Sobacol really quick, he comes from a high football IQ and background. Uh, Dad, John Sobacol, played football at Ohio State for Woody Hayes. Uh, There is a rumor that goes around each year in Columbus that they tell the story uh, of how John Sobacol bruised the knee of two-time Heisman winner Archie Griffin. Uh, And that was the last time they ever let him come back
0: on the field because they can't have their
1: star player hurt.
0: And, and then you told me there was an allegation. And, didn't you hear about these allegations that one time uh, he had sexually he sexually abused a trainer or something and they had to sweep it under the rug?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the University of Michigan started that rumor to make sure that he wasn't going to get eligibility to play that senior year because uh, they were worried uh, that he would single-handedly beat them and ruin their uh, national
2: championship contendership.
0: Yeah. So let's uh let's get into the standings. We um we, we mix up the standings every year or the divisions every year, and uh, we also have, let's let's keep it with Sovakul and going with the uh, Taints division. We got Burnham, Sovakul, and Sutton. So if you had to ask me right now,
1: who I think would win that division? Um, and, and this guy also a guy that comes from a high football IQ. Um, Mark Rick football camp product um, was actually offered a scholarship by Mark Rick in sixth grade. Um, Mark Rick gave him the game ball that week uh, as well. Um, Sutton drafted really strong. Um, It's hard to, right now, if I had to pick, Topper has the strongest one, but Sutton's right up there with Topper as well with the strong draft class. And whether you want to hate on him or keep making fun of him, I think Pat's going to upset some people this year. Uh, I truly do. I think he has a really strong draft class. The only thing that worries me is that he might be a little bit of a head case. Uh, How do you bounce back six years in a row from going four and nine And then Burnham Smith basically owns Pat. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Burnham three months ago. um, I was just asking what his holiday plans were. He's having Thanksgiving over at Pat's house inviting his whole entire family and making John and Tammy and Pat cook up for that. And and he's entitled to that.
0: Burnham Um, is Pat's father because Burnham has never lost to Pat. Pat's lost to Burnham five years in a row since 2017, with the closest game being by .8 points, but every other game is by 15 or more.
1: That is two games I'm going to circle on my calendar because uh, it should be Pat's revenge year. But like I said, he could be a total head case. I mean, he's got everything going right for him. But Burnham's also a coach. Uh, so he's going to put the guys in the right place. He's going to make some moves in the trades, waiver wires. Uh, even though his playoff percentage is low, um, don't count him out either. Uh, he'll upset some people. But uh, as of right now, my pick is Sutton to win that division.
0: To the uh, balls division, another uh, member of the uh, Mark Rick football camp. We got a uh, team taco.
1: Yeah, uh, this year, Nick Topper hired Gary Topper, uh, his father. Uh, it's probably the most dynamic uh, father-son coaching duo since Bobby Bowden and Tommy Bowden. Um, but Gary Topper brings a wealth of knowledge. He's been playing fantasy football since 1980, the evolution of football. Uh, the players that you need to win each and every year until today, the type of players that you're going to need to win in this current environment uh, with the NFL football players to win a championship in this division. Um, Topper by far drafted the best, but I'm tell you what, this is going to be a tough division. Jared Henry has a strong draft class as well. Um, and Jared Henry has had some good years and he's had
0: some bad years.
1: Um, but, he could sneak up on some people, for sure. Yeah, uh, one guy,
0: I, I don't for revenge. I think the Cuckold, uh they, they were the runner-ups last year in the playoffs. So I think he's, he's coming up for some vengeance. He may have a Super Bowl hangover, but he's coming.
1: Well, he, he could be like the Bills. I mean, last night, the Bills totally <laughs> annihilated Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford gave away more picks uh, than any other quarterback that I've seen on an uh, opening debut uh, in a long time. One guy that I would not buy the hype into and not really worry about this year is Nick Bloom. Uh, Nick Bloom is a wild card in person and probably in fantasy as well. He's not a guy that I see managing his lineup. Um, He's got a pretty, pretty draft class, but I don't think he'll do much with that draft class. So if you want to schedule Nick Bloom for your homecoming this year, go ahead and circle that game and let him.
0: I'd be weird before you say that because he is the 2020 champ and he's been to the playoffs three times.
1: Yeah, but I mean, 2020 was the epidemic of the pandemic. So does that really, uh, of COVID 19, does that really count?
0: It's a good, or, point. Or, it's a good point. It wasn't Mickey Mouse year. It wasn't Mickey Mouse year. All right. So let's go into the, um, the reigning champs division, uh, the Pussies division. We got the Cleveland Steamers, public masturbation, and uh, come so hard of Phillip Rivers.
1: You know, it really surprises me that the defending champ, has the lowest playoff percentage in this division. Um, Isn't
0: he supposed to be on a call-in this week? Are we going to get him on the line
1: to talk about his
0: strategy? Yeah, he's definitely going to be on first guess. I'm not sure if we're going to have time for this week. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting division as well. Um, It's been
1: since 2016 since Kicklider, the Kicklider dynasty has made it back to the promised land. Uh, His team and his situation reminds me a lot of the Dallas Cowboys right now. Uh, I think the motto for the Cowboys this year, they had the number one offense last year. They definitely spent some money and beefed up on defense. Uh, it's time to put up or shut up. Uh, yeah.
0: Honest, kicklider. So are you uh, calling Jack uh, Jerry Jones? I- I'm calling Jack Kicklider straight through his face Jerry Jones. <laughs> you think he uh, masturbates into his shoes?
1: Oh, without a doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. What about uh, Henson's team?
1: Yeah, that's another guy. If you want to schedule for your homecoming this year or have your family come and just watch you have your way with someone, uh, that's another guy that you probably want to circle on your calendar. Uh, he seems to struggle a little bit in this league. They got him at 50% making the playoffs, but he's kind of like a Nick Bloom situation.
2: Yeah.
1: He's got a 50% chance of making the playoffs by IBM. Uh, but he kind of reminds me of a Nick Bloom situation. Don't know if he's going to really monitor the depth chart a lot and waiver wires and trades. Um so he'll be fighting for the playoffs. He'll be in the trenches for sure.
0: Yeah. Let's, get, let's get into the Dicks division. That's uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, myself, um, Team Shear and Team McCraney.
1: Yeah, um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Kyle by far had the most interesting picks and uh, in draft strategy. Um, IBM's got you going to the playoffs by 1% over Austin McCraney. Uh, I think Team McCraney has a great draft class as well. Um, I definitely think they could sneak into the playoffs, and I'm not being biased towards you because we're friends. But um, you you got to have a re- you got to have a bounce back year. I mean, three and ten last year. Uh, yeah. I think out of anyone uh, besides Pat, you got a lot to prove yourself.
0: Uh, we're you for, know, to we're, dig we're this coming for it all, we're, coming, we're we're coming to kick ass and take names this season. So tell me a little bit about who you think,
1: and your point of view is your top three, because you didn't really talk about it. You kind of added your two cents. And tell me who you think is going to be in the trenches this year.
0: Yeah, I talked about uh, – I really like Jack's drafts, um, and he has a 58% chance to make the playoffs. I think that's the highest from IBM. So, I, I would project my top three being me, obviously number one, and then um, Jack with number two. And for my number three, I'm going to give it to the Cup Lord. I think the Cup Lord is going to come in third. I think he has a strong squad, but – I to- think he does I think he does too. Truthfully, Give me a, um, who do you think is going to be your Super Bowl matchup?
1: Ah, uh, man, this is tough. Um, you know, as I said earlier, if Topper's roster stays healthy uh, and he can get some guidance uh, from Gary Topper, uh, and, and if those two guys have chemistry and mesh, uh, Topper should make it to the Super Bowl. Um, he started off strong last year at seven and zero, kind of fell apart towards the end, uh, and then. I think my next guy uh, is, is going to be a toss up between Jack and Will. Uh, that's something I'm going to have to call Mary Van Johnson about and letting them know it's probably going to be a bloodbath in Savannah because those those two teams equal perfectly with each other lineup wise percentage. Uh, so it, it's a toss up between those two guys
0: right now. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think about um, this uh, first week matchups? I know we already played some games last night, but let's get into the um, week one matchups,
1: man. The one League One matchup that I'm really excited about, and right now Kicklider uh, has a pretty strong lead uh, ahead of them. But when we were looking at this matchup at the beginning of the week, I mean, it was neck and neck. It was a point two difference. Uh, I was really excited about the Jared Henry-Jack Kicklider matchup, Public Masturbation and Cucklord 3000. Um, Cucklords, none of his guys have played yet. Um, so they they could still put up some serious points, but that's going to be a great game to watch to see how that finishes out this
2: week.
0: Yeah, uh, my on paper, other sorry. on paper before they started playing when we were when we were viewing the game yesterday, uh, we thought this was going to be the matchup of the week, and I still think it is going to be a primetime matchup.
1: I do too. Uh, Jared's none of Jared's guys have played yet, um, and he's got a strong lineup for this week uh, coming into week one. But my second favorite game of the week. Uh, is the two guys that are going to be fighting for the trenches. That's Nick Bloom and Jacob Henson. Uh, <laughs> and Team Pussy Destroyer. That's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, to me, that's an FCS national championship matchup right there. Yeah,
0: so, um, so do you think, full prediction here, do you think uh, the loser of this is a done chain? Like they're not making the playoffs?
1: Oh, for sure. Because everyone <laughs> has to pick on them and you know, pick one of those two guys to finish last, for sure.
0: So what what's uh so who do you think is gonna come out on top on that game?
1: Man, I, I hate to say it. Um, but I think Bloom will come out on top.
0: Ooh, give it hints in the Dunn chain week one. All yeah.
1: Right.
0: So what, uh, what what's your next most intriguing game?
1: Next most intriguing game, probably for me, <laughs> is the Ticksburg Feelers and
0: Sutton face. Um we got I some last-minute news coming into last night that George Kittle might not be able to play someday. So, that kind of helps out me. So, Sutton's playing uh, Cole Komet, which, funny story, Cole Komet got drafted on auto-draft by Sutton because he didn't, he didn't make his pick in time. He's like, oh, fuck, I just drafted a random-ass tight end. Hey, so I he think he's about to start
1: on week one. I think Cole Komet's a solid tight end for this year. Now that they don't have
0: Jimmy Graham in the
1: picture, um, he's going to be getting a lot more focus and a lot more targets. So, Cole Komet's not a bad uh, pickup. Uh, but I hate no to crush bigger,
0: your no bigger Cole Komet fan than Sutton. Yeah, clearly. Uh, but I hate to crush your dreams. I think Sutton comes out on top this week as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. We we always kind of start the season kind of slow, and we we need some adversity early. But we're still coming on that vengeance tour. Like don't don't yeah. Me there. The it, it looks like next week. So like this is kind of like a preseason preseason game.
1: Yeah, for sure. The first two games are kind of like expedition games. Uh, preseason expedition games. Um, of McCrane's already taken a nice little league over Burnham. Uh, but none of Burnham's guys I don't think have played yet.
0: But Burnham got Cam Akers, and Cam Akers got like oh, got <laughs> yeah. but he's coming off an injury.
1: I don't think Cam Akers is a, a great pickup uh, for this year.
0: It looked like a terrible pickup. I think Burnham drafted him in like one of the first four rounds. Well,
1: in his defense, a lot of the fantasy football nerds and analysts have said Cam Akers is a Top 15 running back. I thought he was going to be, too, because he, he was relied
0: heavily on in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, when he came out last year during his – this is his third season or second season? I can't remember. Uh, but last year was really his stardom year uh, where he started got a lot of touches. And he looked good early on, but then he got hurt. Um, I, I think the Trey Lance thing still really intrigues me the most uh, because that's kind of a high risk, um, maybe a high reward as well. Um, but I don't see Trey Lance being the franchise guy for the 49ers. I think Jimmy G will come back in, so Vernon might want to think about making some trades for a tier two or at least tier one quarterback if he's going to be competitive and make a, yeah. a possibly upset Pat and Will in that division. Yeah,
0: that's, a, that's but, why I drafted two running backs. So I got Lamar and Dak, and they're both injury prone, but they both can like replace each other. No way they both get hurt, right? Well.
1: The only thing Lamar worries me that he runs a lot, but I think Dak Prescott and I'm never like the Cowboys, never been a Cowboys fan. I think Dak Prescott is going to put on another solid year like he did last year uh, for sure. And I think he's got a lot more weapons to work with now. Um, Tony Pollard at running back. He is like a Swiss army knife. He can catch it. He can return it. He can run. Um, CD lamb should have a breakout year. Michael Gallup healthy. He should be back to normal as well. Um, so Dak,
0: Dak has a lot of options this year. All right. Now we welcome in the defending champ, the Cleveland steamers. First time champ, uh, been in the league for uh, seven years, going on his seventh year. Um, how are you doing Coleman?
3: I'm doing well, guys. Happy Friday to you. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, you know, it's good to get the season kicked off last night and uh, excited for the first uh, Sunday of full action. Uh, you know, 12 hours of nonstop football on the television.
0: Yeah, we're, I think we're all excited <laughs> about that. In uh, full transparency, this is our fourth time recording. We, the, we, <laughs> we've had some bad, <laughs> bad technical issues, but uh, we're finally getting it going. And we wanted you to be our first guest uh, to defend your throne.
3: Oh, man. Well, it's a real honor, boys. I know uh, this this podcast is going to pick up steam first regionally and then, then across the nation. So what an honor. And I um, hope I'm going to be a recurring guest uh, for many championships to come.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: All right, Coleman,
1: first question I got to ask you. So IBM is predicting you uh, in your division, the lowest percentage to make the playoffs. Can you walk us through a little bit about your draft strategies here
3: and how you think you did? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, the the computers are as dumb as the people that continue not to make it to the playoffs. Right. Um, I see them. I see um, some drafters. I don't want to call out anybody in the league. We want to keep it civil since it's only week one and there's plenty of time to be nasty. But um, there's a lot of just big name grabs Um, that running back that was good three years ago learn about a shelf life of a running back he's not going to be good again right so um kind of what got me and was kind of my bell cow last year was a Justin Jefferson someone who had proven something as a rookie um, but wasn't looked at as like the Michael Thomases of the world uh the DeAndre Hopkins ultimately ended up being one of if not the best receiver in the league last year so for me it's all about value um and uh, you can take the Tom Brady's of the world. You can take the Derrick Henry's, which, and I'm sure I'll speak later in the program about Derrick Henry because he was a big part of my success last year, but um, it's not about what happened last year with the players that have done well um, or the ones you grew up watching. It's about seeing who's going to be good this year. I read the off-season preview magazines. I know the projections just because they're on the Jaguars, just because they're on the Browns, just because, you know, um, they were the number two receiver last year doesn't always mean that's going to be the case this season. So um, I think that's where my draft strategy is different. I take some thoughts um, for sure, but there's always something behind it. Um, I saw something last year that I liked and I think I'm getting a really good value at the pick. Um, and I can certainly talk about some of those players um,
0: as we as we speak more. Uh, yeah, I really like how you got Jamar Chase. I mean, he's going to be a stud this year. No, no doubt about that. And then I like how you got Derek Carr, and then you took a flyer on Justin Fields at quarterback. I think they, I think the the Raiders are going to have a great season. I think they're Super Bowl contenders. And uh, I like how you got James Connor. I regret not taking him because I, I I did the mistake of um, falling asleep before the draft and then waking up at seven o five, so I missed my first first pick. And I got a uh, Derek Henry um, auto pick, which I don't hate, but I don't love. And then I got Aaron Jones in a panic grab. But I, I still – I fuck with Aaron Jones. But I could have gotten James Conner and right when you got him. I think you drafted, like, right after me or two spots back after me. And I was like, oh, shit, I should have gotten him.
3: Yeah, Hopkins being out the first uh, – whatever it is, six to eight weeks, uh, I think they're going to rely heavily on him. I think I was the last one to draft my starting quarterback. Uh, so much value in Barry Carr uh, Going to Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. That oh, is a –
0: Yeah,
3: uh, it's a pass-happy division. I Josh Jacobs – Fine, whatever. He's not someone you're going to rely for 25 carries on. Couldn't even tell you who their backup is now with Ken Drake out. So um I thought there was good value. And then being able to grab Justin Fields, which I think was my second to last pick of the draft, is I mean, the ceiling on that guy. Um, Derek Carr is he's our starter week one. He's the DJ, uh, Ui of this team, but there's a five-star guy right behind him. And um, I watched the preseason game where he threw three touchdowns in the first half. So um the 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 while Derek is our starter today, um, there's a young guy um, with a, a lot of different tools that can come in and take that spot. So I love the one-two punch I have at QB. Um, and then one thing I, I, I'm really happy with, um, and I think it's going to be a steal, um, and it's not one of the names. But he's going to be a name by the end of the year. Is Pat Fryer-Muth at the tight end spot. Um, no, he's not going to be as sexy as Travis Kelsey. Um, the Dallas Goddards of the world, yes, they're reliable. Um Think about the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. That uh, with both Trubisky, or if it ends up being Pickett, what do Young or at least in, in the case of Trubisky, where maybe not the arm talent or the downfield weapons um, of a traditional team, I, Deontay Johnson is not is not going to light the league up for 50-yard touchdowns. That is going to be a work the ball down the field with Najee Harris, quick dump offs, get get an um, inexperienced starter or Kenny Pickett rookie tight ends are your best friend. So I think he is going to get a lot of targets this year um, and got some really good value on him there. Um, And then kind of the one more one I wanted to touch on that I loved was Travis Etienne Jr. A little bit of bias from Mike Clemson, but looking at the offseason, knowing kind of the issues with their line um, and how Doug Peterson draws up the offense, it's going to be a lot of dump-offs to him. He's a guy who works in space. It's going to be a, a lot of targets, a lot of receptions for a rookie running back. Um, and a lot of a lot of yards after the catch. So um, it's a it's a funny lineup. It's not the sexiest on paper for uh, a cat, some casual watchers, which there's a couple in our league, even though they won't admit it. But um, I'm pretty happy with how we're going into week one.
0: Yeah, your receiving room is like loaded. You got Amon Ross, St. Brown, A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown's going to have a great year. And uh, Jamar Chase is just all around stud.
3: Amon Ross St. Brown. If you watched Hard Knocks, like, I and mean, I may, I think I just fell in love with him there. He's a dog. His dad and his uh, and his brother. The way they work out and don't even talk to each other. That is a dog who just goes to work. And I love him in the flex. Yeah. Well, I just want to say this real quick, Coleman. One
1: thing I love that you opened up with, and that's the first thing I mentioned in the show, uh, is the IBM ratings are totally biased, uh, right? Uh, everyone understands that. You have to draft to the current. Um, the league of the players that you know are going to put up points, and you nailed it. You, there's no more Michael Thomas's that are going to put up the big numbers like they used to. Uh, and you have to strategize your picks, even if they are on the Jaguars. If the Jaguars go two uh, and fifteen this year, they're still going to have guys. They're going to have a lot of touches, get a lot of opportunities, target thrown at them. So I love that analogy that you picked out. Um, one thing I want to ask you. After looking at everyone's draft picks in the leagues, and we, we've we've already talked about this, but who do you think is going to be in the trenches, probably finishing for dead last this year in this league?
3: Oh, I thought that, I thought it was going to be a who am I scared of, but I would love to talk about um, who's going to come in last. Hold on. Let me let me do a quick scan. I know I, I had I had to pick in the draft where I'm like, wow, what a what a stinker. Um, I'm gonna. Call, I'm playing him right now, so you know the the shit talk makes sense. But Topper, let's talk about this, brother. So, Colin yeah. Barkley is never gonna be who you want him to be, man. Um, Matt Stafford, did you read any injury reports? He's wearing his elbow. His throwing elbow is about to fall off. And Matt Stafford helped carry me to a, a championship last year, so it's no disrespect against him. Um, but and I know Extra he facts. was. De- yeah, he was decent value he very very last night. Um, Saquon Barkley, you're going to regret, regret that by week three, if not by week two, when he's out for the season again, um, Jonathan Taylor. Wow. like bold number one pick. Yeah. Okay. You did that right. CD lamb. Traditionally. I loved him. I was on the team last year. Don't love him that much this year. Um, it's a funny offense, the offensive lines down. Um, I, I actually, one, one scoop that I think will be underrated when all is said and done is I got Michael Gallup, who's going to be out for a few weeks. I think when Michael Gallup is healthy, he's going to be the number one receiver, not C.D. Lamb. Um, Jerry, Judy's a maybe. That's, Josh oh, that's a statement right there. Because, you know, everyone's hyped about this
1: is C.D. Lamb's year this year. Everyone's saying with Amari Cooper gone, uh, everything is lined up for him to be the star wide receiver. I didn't. I,
3: he, and, and he's a, he's a flash guy against bad teams, um, but I never saw him take over games last year. And in fact, there was quarters at a time where he would go quiet, not even get targeted. I didn't love his body language. Um, The energy kind of slows down as the game goes on. Um, oh he does have josh jacob in the flex as well not high on the running game in las vegas um and he drafted a fucking kicker in like the ninth round like <laughs> yeah, he
0: did, he they don't matter
3: they don't it's i get it's justin tucker they don't yeah, fuck. Yeah. like i got tyler bass with the last pick um the buddy's gonna the buddy's gonna be a weapon all year on the highest scoring offense in the league so um yeah, yeah, yeah topper toppers rough and just, just shout out cheer for literally just drafting every fucking <laughs> wide
1: receiver,
2: receiver. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we
3: the first thing said the, the man did
1: not take a running back into the eighth round uh so he must know something that we don't know um but he the playoffs every single year so I mean he clearly knows what he's doing um you know topper uh he's got a pretty draft class and I thought he had a strong draft class but I love your intake your your, your
3: take on how he's going to finish last that's a that's a bold predicament as well yeah, I, I I don't love it. I think I think, again, it, it's going for flashy names, but it's going to be a what have you done for me lately? Um, but yeah, it's and there's a couple more on that. I'm picking on him because I've paid a little bit more attention to his. Um, if I've got one more, it's going to be Nick Bloom. Um, oh, yeah. That's
2: uh, I- <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: I, I remember thinking it during the draft. Leonard Fournette. His fat ass. Did you not see the pictures that like he literally was like was- rolling off the team bus to go to training camp? He's so fat. Um, <laughs> Austin Eckler, I think, is good. But I think that's another example of you're going to start to see a little bit of a decline on the Eckler train. Fordell Patterson. We'll see this offense in Atlanta is so bad. Maybe he'll do something like he did last year. That seemed like a like a flash in the pan to me. Chris Godwin. Okay. I think again it's somebody who had a good Coming year. Back from
0: injury So yeah.
3: Coming back from injury. Um, that Dallas defense, I don't I don't really know what the rationale is behind starting Dallas defense. Um and Greg Joseph has your kid Now I'm just picking on his kicker. Greg Joseph is the most streaky kicker of all time. So yeah, Nick Bloom is gonna finish probably in the in the bottom three. Um and and team talk will be right there with him.
0: Yeah, Gary. That'd be hilarious trying to get Gary to do the uh sacco with Topper.
3: Well, <laughs> <But, laughs> I thought that was an interesting pickup. Here's a guy
0: that's
1: been playing fantasy football since 1980. So I think he's got a good consultant in Gary
0: Topper. Yeah, he could he could set the ship right. Topper Topper hasn't been known to start the season strong. He did start the season strong. Uh, he went seven and zero to start the season last year, but then crumbled like always.
1: All right, Kyle. Last question: Who are you the most afraid of this year? Who am I most afraid of? I'm. I, 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 my bad, Coleman. I got my laptop open looking at the roster. The <laughs> hey,
0: we, we got to wrap it up, though. I got the 10-minute warning about six minutes ago. Last person so I looked at so that's my bad, Coleman. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Um, The one, and I'm
3: going to regret saying it because this kid, um, for, for never really making it up that far into into the end, he's always kind of there, and and damn, is he annoying, and he'll tell you about it. But McCraney's got a good lineup. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook. Diggs went off last night. Brandon Cooks, um, not talked about, one of the sneakiest best receivers last year on a shitty Texans team. Um, yeah, Kyle Pitts at tight end, he's a wide receiver. One, he might be a top five like receiving threat by the end of the year when it's all said and done. He's got literally no competition. We're going to see about Drake London, but he's even it's going to be a slow start for him. Um, Christian Kirk in that slot for Jacksonville for his flex is good.
2: He's um, a deep.
3: he's a good. I think he's going to be great for Jacksonville. The only one I disagree with McCraney, otherwise a, a really solid lineup, top to bottom is Kareem Hunt um, starting RB2. Um, did you like, do you watch sport? Are you fishing all day? Um, fly fishing all day McCraney? You don't turn on sports center. Kareem Hunt requested a trade like a week ago. Um, and he's not even, a, he's not even a start. You can't have a backup running back. in a RB2. RB2. Who recre- requested a trade a week ago. Um, that I don't like that vibe um, in my starting lineup. And I mean, Chris Edmondson from Miami sitting right there on your bench. A little tip from the champ plug him in, take out Kareem Hunt. He'll be happy you did.
0: Yeah. All right, Taylor, you got anything else? Any other questions? We got to start wrapping it up. going No,
3: out. I say there you have it from the Super Bowl
1: champion from last year, uh, Coleman Sturkey. Uh, great, great input. Uh, he made some bold, bold predictions as well, which I love um going ahead and get the rivalry started in this league let's get the shit talking going and uh let's have a great year
3: yeah Yeah, boys thanks thanks for having me looking forward to this season um has there ever been a repeat champ no there's never been a repeat champ yeah I think there's a good chance there might be one this year um I've I've got (laughs) momentum I'm dangerous um I learned some lessons last year and it was a very don't get too high don't get too low season because Um, it was it was Henry carrying me throughout that first half of the season. He went down, um, and we responded to that adversity. Yeah, we that's the whole a, day that's what things. a good
0: coach does, is respond to adversity and adjust on the problem.
3: So I'm excited to kind of carry over that momentum. But at the same time, um, what happened last year, I guess starting last night, it means nothing. Um, it's a fresh season. Hey, like um, you said, what have you done for me lately? It's, yeah. And So and this is the last you'll hear about, I think I think, the second this podcast drops. I'm done. You won't hear any former champs. I won't. I won't have little comments here and there. Um, we're we're on to we're on to Cincinnati or however or we're on to Cleveland, whatever Bill Belichick says. We're on to
0: that. All right. Well, thanks for Jordan <laughs> Coleman. I'm scared it's going to shut off, but uh, nice talking to you and uh, best of luck this season. Defend the throne.
3: Right. Thanks again, guys. It's been a good time. Bye. Thank you.
0: You got anything else to add before we wrap this up?
1: Nothing else to add. Uh, really excited for the first two weeks. Um, I, I just want everyone to participate in Waiver Wire Wednesday, because um, I love to see the activity on that, see what people are thinking what they're doing. Uh, but other than that, I have nothing to add. Um, is Topper gonna make it today for a top it off for the yep. last three
0: minutes? That was gonna that was gonna be what I say next. Is uh fuck you, Topper. I texted you and you said you're gonna leave a voicemail. We need this topping it and off for Topper segment. So uh come on with it. And I, I apologize, the Coleman. We should have called you. We might still call you. Um Yeah. But uh thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back next week. See you later. <laughs>